Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. As we're in the season of prayer and fasting tonight, I want to teach on a part of prayer, an aspect of prayer and a phrase that many of us have said, nearly all of us maybe have thrown in a prayer. We've all heard it plenty of times, even tonight. Uh, and often it can be just the kind of the throwaway line. And it's that, that phrase, in Jesus' name. You know, it's, it's a simple, but it is honestly a powerful phrase. And, and often we use it the same way we use, like we sign off emails. You know, regards, Doug Cameron. Uh, and we throw in there going, la di da di da da in Jesus' name, amen. You know? Like it's the, it's the phrase that makes sure that our prayers are at least Christian-ish. Yeah? You, can, you say what you want, and if you just say, in Jesus, that's right, in Jesus' name, uh, amen. And it's it's easy little tagline, it's easy phrase, but it's, it's a phrase that has been getting prayed and being used, and not just in prayer and a lot of other things, for over 2,000 years. Uh, the followers of Jesus have consistently thought of things in Jesus' name and prayed for things in Jesus' name, and have lived for Jesus' name. And all, all, a, lot of, a lot in the Bible, when you start looking into it, and you hear it a lot now. In fact, it was a whole song that we sung tonight. And the more, if you remember this message beyond like the car park, you'll hear it a lot more in our songs and prayers and uh, all throughout the Scripture, is that things were done in Jesus' name, and it's for good reason as well. And so I want to go into, like, well, why? Why would we bother with the phrase, why is it important and is it more important than a tagline at the end of the email? The answer is yes. Just before we figure out what are the options, the answer is just yes. Uh, and so if you want, tonight I have roughly um, 8,000 verses, which and they're all in you version there. Honestly, they're all in the Bible, so not right now, but in a second. Um, but you can find them there. There's also a whole heap of ones that I'll reference, but I'm not going to read. Otherwise, I will just read the New Testament and, and that's it. But I want to teach uh, and I want to let the Word of God actually do the preaching tonight rather than, than me so much. But um, to begin with, why we say this is Jesus himself instructed his disciples to do so. I think that's a pretty easy reason to pray in, in the name of Jesus. John 15 and John 16, it says that we are to ask the Father in my name, or in, in, this is Jesus talking, ask the Father in my name. Constantly saying, when you pray, ask God, what, what do you want? Ask Him, but not just ask, it's ask in my name. And so Jesus is saying this for a reason. Paul describes Christians as people who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was a definition. He said, hey, you who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are the believers, you're the followers, you're His chosen, you're His children, you who call upon the name of Jesus. Not just you who like the idea of Jesus, not just you who are in church, not just you who seem like nice people raised in a nice Christian-ish home, but those who call upon the name of Jesus. In, that was in 1 Corinthians. We see in Ephesians 5, it says, to God the Father in the... Um, that we should give thanks to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So even when we are praising God, we are praising in the name of Jesus. 
Not off our own back, not just going, hey, I'm a good singer, I like to celebrate, I'm a big eye personality, woohoo, and this is enough. But no, I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. I'm praising God here, not just off my own back because I'm just, I'm such a grateful person, but because of what Jesus has done, who He is and what that name represents uh, is more than just a title of a person. It represents a whole character, a whole, whole sect of the universe behind it. And I'm coming to the Father behind Jesus. And so all through the New Testament, you see that it wasn't just prayer that this phrase was aligned with. We tend to just, our main use is at the end of our prayers as we sign off to God. But the New Testament church, the early church, especially if you look through the book of Acts, there's over 33 direct references that Luke writes when he writes Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And you see all of these references to what they did in the name of Jesus. And I like this idea, I saw this line a little while ago and it's been playing on my mind, is that the early church did things in Jesus' name for Jesus' fame. They didn't just pray for what they wanted and what they hoped for in Jesus' name, that was it. They prayed for things that, well, ultimately brought fame to Jesus. Not just fame to themselves. I, I find a lot of my prayers are in Jesus' name for Doug's benefit. And honestly, if God answered a lot of my prayers, you would never know. But when I pray things that are for Jesus' fame, trust me, you will know when they are answered. Because it won't just affect me and my bank account, it'll affect this church, it'll affect this world, it'll affect a lot, of, lot more things. And the early church seemed to have grabbed a hold of this idea of we, we do things in the name of Jesus for the fame of Jesus, first and foremost. Imagine if we were a church who just, just shifted our sights slightly. If we were a people who just, just shifted our sides, we don't see God as our genie, as our butler, about going, here is what I want, servants come and grab it for me. But we saw Him as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, that we are in His kingdom, not He's living in my kingdom. And we started to go, hey, I'm going to pray in your name with your authority and coming behind all that you've achieved and done and conquered. I'm coming in on your coattails and I'm going to pray for things that are gonna make you famous. I know that I will benefit from everything that brings Jesus fame. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for those things that we need. We'll see there's a thousand verses, you will we'll get there. But what if we just changed our priority from in Jesus' name for my fame to just in His? This is what the early church seemed to grab a hold of. In, in all that they did, you see Colossians 3, 17 puts it this way, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. That covers, well, everything, doesn't it? It's not do some things. It's not go to church and put on the good behavior in Jesus' name. It's, well, in everything we do, how can we do it all, Jesus? You see, as I said, at least 33 times that we can find uh, that they did in Jesus' name. They did baptism. This is all in the Bible app. They're listed for you nice and neatly. You don't even have to flick. Here it is. They did it in baptism. There's three or four references there. In healing and casting out demons, they did it in the name of Jesus. In all of their teaching and preaching, there's about six references that they taught and preached in the name of Jesus everywhere that they went. And they even risked their lives and embraced imprisonment and even death in the name of Jesus to the fame of Jesus. It's there going, hey, we, I am willing to risk prison for the name of Jesus. I will do this, I'll preach the gospel, I'll preach for the name of Jesus unto death in the book of Acts. They did everything that they could for the name and in the name of Jesus for His fame. And, and tonight I really wanna teach you three 
And this is a bit different tonight, but I really want to teach some stuff tonight, teach you three uh, points of why we do this, why we, why we say this, and about a thousand sub points, you'll get what you get out of it and you won't get upset. But, but why we pray in the name of Jesus, why we do this, and why I think it's really important. It's not, it's not just a throwaway line that we throw at our prayers. It's not our sign off. It's not like we keep the channel open if we don't, like, in Jesus' name, amen, hang up. No, we do this on purpose. And the first one, the first one I want to get us to understand tonight is that he is, this is how Charles Spurgeon puts it anyway, he is our sympathetic, uh, <clears throat> our sympathetic high priest. He is a sympathizing high priest. Just look at Hebrews. This is the predominant way the author of Hebrews describes Jesus to us. In Hebrews 2.18, it says this, that since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are tested. Let's talk about Jesus. He's gone through this and he's able to help us when we're going through it. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. See, Jesus, when he stepped out of divinity and into humanity, he didn't just like step in with cheat codes. He wasn't just gliding while the rest of us were walking. He stepped into the reality of life in a fallen world. He stepped into the same trials and temptations and struggles and, and, and frustrations, all these things that you and I face every day. He didn't just kind of like open portals to bypass everything, but he stepped into our, our shoes fully, which meant that he stepped into a world with suffering and temptation. The same things that we step into, the same things that we walk through every time. And not only did he suffer in all the ways that we do, the author of Hebrews puts it, but he suffered and was tempted in extraordinary ways. I don't know if you remember the time that he fasted for 40 days in the wilderness uh, by himself. Fasting is rough enough, but isolated for that long. And the devil himself comes to tempt. This was no low-level kind of temptation. This was not just like, you know, something that a pop-up on a browser or, or whatever, you know, a cupcake when you're fasting or something. This was the devil himself came to, to test him in areas that are genuinely tempting. This was an extraordinary setting of temptation. Not only did he suffer in, in all the ways that we suffer in through emotionally, mentally, physically, and all the other kinds of ways, but we, we, we just got to remember that he died on a cross. <laughs> it was excruciating, it was embarrassing, it was humiliating and painful. And so he's gone through these things. This is what I want us to grab a hold of, is Jesus is a fellow sufferer. He's not just up there looking down and going, oh, poor peasants, I wouldn't know what that's like. Oh, that looks rough. Oh well, <laughs> la di da, I'm too high society for that. But he is a sympathizing high priest. He's gone through the struggles. It is not just you who is familiar with frustration and pain and disappointment that Jesus is too. And this is important when I think we when we pray to understand that he's our sympathizing high priest, but he's not just a sympathizing one. This is why I love the Hebrews 4:14, it says that we have a great high priest. 
Didn't just say like an empathy, like he was just an empathetic high priest. But we have a great high priest. And this is why, let me give you the context of what this even means. Is that a high priest in the, in the Old Testament would represent the people to God. That'd be, he'd be the ambassador for the people and he'd be able to go into the tabernacle, into the holy place. And once a year, if he'd done all the right things and he'd kind of consecrated himself well and he'd said all the, done all the la-di-da stuff, he was allowed into the holy of holies on behalf of the people to reconcile the sins of the land, the sins of people and the relationship with God. It was allowed this once a year and sometimes it went wrong. Sometimes they did it wrong with the wrong motives and that ended weirdly. But once a year he was able to do this and he would represent the people and ultimately the job of the high priest was to bring the people closer and back closer to God. That's what he did. And but now we have Jesus who is much greater, not just once a year would, is Jesus in the presence of God and, and representing us and, and pleading on our behalf, but he is in the very presence of God in heaven. Not just flirting in the outer courts, not just hanging out in kind of good christian places, but in the very presence of God, interceding on our behalf. You look at it in Romans 8, 34, it says, who then will condemn us? Well, no one. For Christ Jesus died for us, and was raised to life for us. He, he, when they say us, he's talking about believers here. People who are followers of Jesus, giving their life to him. He said, hey, who's going to condemn us? Well, no one. He was raised to life for us and he is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand, pleading for us, interceding on our behalf, praying for us, appealing to God for our case. This is great news. Sometimes we just think that Jesus is up there having a good time, but grab hold of this for me, is that Jesus is in heaven and one of his primary jobs is saying, hey, Dad, hey, Father, hey, I've done it all for them. When we pray, it's kind of like Jesus is going, I vouch for him. I vouch for them. God, I know you, if, you look, if you look at them without me, you're going to see sin and dirt and, and just something that's worth punishing, but no, they're not dirty anymore. I took that from, for them. Come on, this is what Jesus is doing. He is not, not just up there kind of going, well, good luck. Is there going, no, no, it's not going to be luck. It is going to be intercession. It's going to be pleading. I'm going to advocate for every single one of you. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ here, you can be confident that right now he's in heaven advocating for you to the Father. Going, hey, don't, don't let those prayers, they're not going to fall on deaf ears because we have a great advocate. We have a high priest who is in the Holy of Holies full time, advocating and pleading on our behalf. Come on, we have this sympathizing but great high priest. And this is where he goes another step further is that he's not just an ambassador for us and pleading on our behalf, but he brings us with him. It's not just the high priest in the Old Testament, they would go in on behalf. But Jesus is there pleading our case, but also inviting us in right now and forever. Jesus has opened up heaven to us. He's opened up heaven, the communication channel with God directly. He's opened up heaven directly for us personally. He's opened up heaven for prayer at any time, not just a one-off every now and then. This is what he's done. This is why I said we can ride in behind his coattails of when we say in Jesus' name, it's not, hey, I'm trying to get your attention, God, because I'm pretty good. It's, but I'm coming to you praying confidently knowing that I'm riding right in behind Jesus here. 
that He's already opened the door for me. I'm not trying to find my own way into heaven, not trying to impress you with my eloquent words. You know, the times that we start thinking, going, well, maybe I'm not praying right, is the time we start thinking, well, maybe I should start praying in my name. Is we think that maybe it's my prayers that are the reason I'm doing it wrong, I'm saying the wrong words, I can't get the right structure, maybe I need to learn. Uh, 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 And we start thinking, maybe it is in my might that I get God's ear rather than remembering that it is only through the path that Jesus has created and paved for us that we ever get God's ear. So this is what I'm not saying in Jesus' name all of a sudden opens the door. It's already open, but we say it as that reminder to us and that declaration to God of saying, I'm so grateful that Jesus has opened this up. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we want to see miracles. Because of what Jesus has done, Lord, we want to see heaven invade earth. Because of Jesus, Lord, I, want to, I just need to encounter and experience your presence. I just want to step into something. Lord, I want to experience your love and your grace. In the name of Jesus, would you pour out your spirit on us? Well, the door is open. He has opened the way to heaven for us all, now and forever. Look, Hebrews 10, 19 to 20, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place, it's not enter kind of near about God. It's not just in the foyers. It's this is in the intimate place to encounter and experience the presence of God because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a what? A great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water come on when we when we living in Jesus name when we're doing everything as if we are doing it for God come there is something special about it we have a sympathetic and a great high priest that has made a way for us to bring us closer to God to reconcile us with our Father. Not because it's like we're so pretty and God's so lucky to have me, but it's because of the amazing and great, unkind of matchable work that Jesus has done for us and continues to do right now for us. Oh, how grateful. When we sing, when we worship Jesus, we, we, we should put a little bit more in it. When we understand what He has done and who He is, come on, there's a little bit more that we put in it. I like this. Well, when we pray, we might not always get the specific answers that we want, even when we pray in Jesus' name. But we will always get the answerer. That is the promise. That Jesus opened up heaven. You might not get the specific, you might not get exactly, you might not get it in your time. You might not have prayed for the right thing. But even even if you've gone a bit wonky-donky with what you're saying, can I tell you, you have got the answerer. And we live in a society, and I think that the church kind of across the world has kind of lent towards I'd rather an answer than the answerer. And if I got to choose, I'd prefer the miracle than the miracle worker. And I'd, if I could, I would really like the blessing, even if that meant I had to walk away from the one who gives it. But we need to get a hold of going, well, the answer is only in the hands of the answerer and he is far greater than anything I'll temporarily get here. See, unto death and unto imprisonment and unto baptism, unto miracles and everything, the early church would go, hey, we're gonna do everything for Jesus in his name and for his fame. Look what happened. When you read through the book of Acts, you're like, this is incredible. Well, it is not something that stopped there and then. We are still living 
in the book of Acts now. In Jesus' name for his fame. See, when I like to see this, when I approach someone that I don't know very well, you might do this as well, and, and even if they're quite well known, have you noticed the moment you drop a name of someone that they really like? Like, oh, I'm a great friend. Like, I can, like, I say other people, they come up to me, hey, Doug, how are you? I have no idea who you are. And they're like, I'm like best friends with Beck. I grew up with her and all of a sudden things change. Like, oh, you're not a weirdo. Oh, it's great, cool, how are you going? And now it's not more small talk that's like on autopilot, walk away and forget absolutely everything. It's like, oh, I'm actually interested in what he's saying. Oh, I'm gonna tell Becca all about this, this is fantastic. And this is now, this is a really poor low level example of, hey, when we're coming to God, it's not coming up in just my own name. Because when I go up to a stranger and go, hi, I'm Doug, and they're like, all right. I'm like, sorry, my name means nothing to you. I'm actually really good friends with your bestie. They go, oh, well, that name means something to me. Oh, you can type with them. Oh, yeah, they told me to drop your name. I'll drop their name to you. Oh, fantastic. What do they want? What do you want? All of a sudden, the dynamic changes. You experience that? Oh, this is just a real simple way of understanding. When we're praying, let's not, just, let's not get so wrapped up in what I am doing because it's not your might that is changing anything. It is the name of Jesus that has the power. It is Christ and in Him that our prayers have power. You can have all the right combinations of words, but without Jesus, there's no power in it. And that's really the second point that I wanna to hit tonight quickly is, is that there is power in the name of Jesus. That's why we use it. Jesus says this himself in John 14. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to, the, to be with the Father. Not on a holiday, now you know what he's doing. He's going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. And in my name doesn't just mean dropping it. It's for his fame, it's in his will. Okay, that's done and done. I will do it. And so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. And I just wanna make that point is that this is not just the magical sign off to get you your wish list. You know, like you're, just, you're asking for random things like, oh Lord, I just wish that person would die. And he's like, no way, I'm not gonna do that. And you go, in Jesus' name, he goes, oh, bummer. Did you read it on a blog post somewhere? Oh, you trapped me. Oh, you used my code word. What's the secret word? And you got the combination. He said, in the name of Jesus, click. Ah, oh. this isn't just a magical sign off, right? And this is not the, that's not the, the whole kind of thing. But what we wanna know is that apart from Jesus, that there is no power in our prayers. That's the thing. The main takeaway from this verse that we need to be looking at, church, is, is that Jesus is telling us, hey, pray in my name. Pray dropping the name that has power. Pray dropping the name that, that things start to shift and start to change. And then you will see greater things. So don't rely on your own ability and your own power, but constantly lean on the power of Jesus. You see, this is the thing that we need to understand is that it's only the power of Jesus that makes sick bodies healed. Yeah. I've not once earned a healthy cell when it was damaged. That's Jesus. Come on, it's the name of Jesus that makes the enemy nervous. Shriek, I love the, 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 one of my favorite power moves that Jesus pulls is when he goes across this uh, sea and he takes step out of the boat and hits the land. All of a sudden, this demon-possessed man runs up to him and says, leave me alone. How random, it's just like, I didn't say anything. Just rocked up. I like to think that, hey, we, we, I'm filled with the same spirit in me. When my foot hits the ground, it should just make the enemy sigh. Oh, he got up again. Oh, leave me alone. Hey, I remember this when I was younger and this person um, started 
manifesting and screaming and saying all sorts of stuff, the demonic voices coming out of them, is that people would, they, they, lots of people were praying in the shakalakadaka and things were going wild and she's picking up the little girl, throwing people around and uh, it's pretty exciting. And I just went down there and was just, was praying and t- declaring things and I just said, that, hey, this person, they are a child of God. In the name of Jesus, come out. You just hear it go, ah, shut up. And I'm like, oh, hit a nerve. And we'd shakalakadakadaka and everything would be funny and it's throwing around. It's just like intense. But every time you just mention the name of Jesus, it would like, ah, like just holding on going, stop saying that. There was no power in all the other nice Christian things that we were saying and all the nice little declarative things. But at the moment we start to declare in the name of Jesus, things started to shift. Can I tell you that when we are praying, it's not in our own strength. We're not earning anything in ourselves. There's no power in your performance, but only in the name of Jesus. Come on, this is the thing. There's only power to make that happen because of Jesus. I love John 1. It reveals this. I don't have the verse for this, but you find it in John 1. But reveals that Jesus is the Word. And that when the Word was spoken in the, in the beginning, the world became into existence. Come on, that is power. Just when the... the when Jesus was present, kaboom, everything shifted. So we see in Acts 3, Peter and John, they healed, see, pray for a man and he's healed. He was lame from birth. And when they say, when they say this in the name of Jesus Christ, walk, well, he got up and walked. You see verse 16 there at the end, it says, uh, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before, faith in Jesus' name. Uh, has healed him before your very eyes. And that's power. It's power in the name. See, if you find, if you're on the highway and someone speeds past you and you drive and catch up with them and try to pull them over, there's no way they're going to listen to you. They're not accepting a ticket. They're not accepting the fine that you give them. You become a police officer though, things change. Why? Because they now have the authority to do so. There is something that has been put within them that has the authority not only to give it, but to enforce it. You know, that old line that you don't really hear anymore, but the old movies, they would say, stop in the name of the law. It's not stop because I just want you to slow down. It's stop, not in my name, not because I could stand in front of the car like Superman and stop you, but I have a whole system, a whole authority, a whole ability to enforce what I'm about to say. So come on, so when we pray, it is not just us, it is all of heaven. It's the authority of God. When we are speaking to things that are of the devil, we are speaking with the authority of all of heaven. In the name of Jesus, come out. Come be healed in Jesus' name. Not on my own behalf, not in my own power, but through the power of Christ. Oh, how good is our God? How good is our Saviour? Come on, this is not just a nice Christian token kind of thing that we do because we're nice people. That's because Jesus is such a great Saviour to us. And my presence alone has, not, has really never made the enemy nervous, has never made a sick person jump healthy again, but it's through Christ that we see Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Him who strengthens us. And the third one, real quick, is that the name of Jesus is our salvation. John ends his Gospel in John 20 saying this, he says, these miracles, that's what he's referring to, these miracles are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ or Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. 
life in His name. See, the name of Jesus is not just the key to power-filled prayers, but is the key to our salvation as well. There isn't apart from Him. There's no way you can do it, no way you can earn it. Now, Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not people who just call out their resume, call out how much they gave, how much they prayed, how much good performance they did. But those who call out in the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. They'll be made whole. They'll be made new. They'll be delivered. They'll be protected, healed. They will be made to do well. That's what that word saved, salvation means. And this is not just something that is on lay-by. So many Christians live as if our salvation is a product that's on lay-by, that if I pay it off, eventually I'll earn it through death. But Jesus came to give us salvation now, that we might do well now, we'd be protected, delivered and made whole now as a glimpse into what is coming in heaven. Now remember, this is not just a catchphrase, I'll, I'll throw a fun story in there for you. In, you find in Acts 19, there's a couple of these throughout the Bible actually, but in Acts 19, we see a number of people who try to just say it. They find, find someone who's got a demon and they just previously throw it out. And this is one of the lines that I like in verse 15. It says, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognise. It's not, I know them on the same regard. They're two different words actually. Know, it says, Jesus I know intimately. Jesus I know definitely. Paul I am familiar with. Still not a bad rec, like, rec hey. But he says, but who are you? And they were coming up and trying to do something in their own might, but drop a name that they didn't really know. Or maybe more importantly, didn't really know them. It's as if the enemy was saying, hey, Jesus, I know, Paul, I kind of get the idea of, uh, but Jesus isn't in you and nor are you in him. So the story ends with the demon-possessed person beating up the seven sons and sending them out of the house naked. How fun's the Bible, guys? <laughs> this, that's the difference between just signing off a prayer and having this, revel- this, this relationship with our Saviour. This is the difference between this token Christianity and genuine faith of well, I'm a Christian because of and, and list family or social. I'm a social Christian. I come because, well, I always have and my friends are here. And so I'll come, but I'm mainly here so I can hang out afterwards. There's the difference between that and genuine relationship with Jesus. But here is the good news is that when we reach out to Jesus, we are reaching out to someone who genuinely and ultimately saves. Who genuinely and ultimately saves. We're reaching out to someone who has the power to change everything and to change lives. We're reaching out to someone who understands what we've gone through and going through and going to go through. He's there with us. Someone who has the ability to see it all turn around. And I really believe that it might be time for us to stop living in our own power, under our own authority, trying to muscle things through on our own until we get it gets hard and we kind of hit a roadblock and so we just throw Hail Mary prayers. You know, like I got here by myself, but Jesus, over to you now. Hope you catch the ball. Oh, well, I'll just keep throwing Hail Marys out. You know, the, just the last play desperation prayer, which not a bad thing to do, by the way, but it's not the way we sustain our spiritual life through desperation. And we need to be people who make this decision that I'm not going to just live on my own. But I want to be a person who lives for Jesus. Not just lives adjacent to Jesus. But I want to live for Jesus. To be a person who calls on Him daily for for every need. 
going to call on Him for power that's beyond my own ability. Call for Him for the supernatural because He has made the way for you. He's made the way for you for that today, for tomorrow and for your whole eternity, your whole life with Him. He has made the way. He understands, He saves, He has the power to change. Come on, church. So when we pray, when we sing, when we praise, when we do everything that we do in the Name of Jesus, there is power in it. There is salvation in it for us and I believe for everyone that we might run into. So how about we take some time right now as we pray to realign. Maybe, maybe some of us have kind of, our sights have drifted. Our sights have drifted off onto other things and we're kind of living in our authority and our power and, and just adjacent to Jesus. But maybe church, it's, this is the night that we bring it back into a line going low. If you are Lord, you are Lord of all. But I wanna live in your kingdom, which means you are the King. I want to come back there and adjust my sights to say, I'm going to live in your name for your fame. Maybe tonight you've never asked God into your life. You never knew that He wanted to save you, that He changes us, that He delivers us, that He makes us clean. And you go, oh, maybe your sin you think is going to be held against you. But no, when we profess His name, when we reach out to Him and say, God, come into my life, I want to know you and follow you. Everything changes. All of these promises become promises for you. And tonight, I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to that, to ask Him into your life. And while, while no one's looking around, with eyes closed, head bowed, just between you and God tonight, if that's you, you want to make that decision, I just want you to lift your hand in the air as an outward sign of the inward decision. Say, God, I want to know you. I want you to come into my life as well. And I want to see the hand. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you in a moment. Fantastic. Thank you. Is there anyone else? To Jesus, I want to know you. Awesome. That's so good. Thank you, man. That's great. Come on, church. Would you pray with me for these people tonight? And they're not in it by themselves. It's not only personal. This is something that we're in a family for. So let's pray. And I want to show you an example of prayer. You can confess Jesus as Lord at any time tonight. You can pray along with me or in your own words. As I said, it's not a formula, but it's that, that confession. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're revealing yourself to your kids, that you just moved heaven and earth that they might know you. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you come into our life and change everything. Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me, that I can be made new, that you overcame it, the death and the grave, that I might know you, that I might live in freedom and experience all that you have for me. Lord, help me know you more and know myself how you made me to be, that I experience your freedom and purpose. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.